Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. He's your boy Q from Locked On Raiders, and we are here to close out the week. And it's the last week before the free agency period begins, March 17th, this upcoming Wednesday. And there's already stories of flying Q. There's t- so many things that we're going to be able to talk about because Everyone said that bloodbath is coming. It's going to be a free agency apocalypse. Everyone's going to start getting cut and we're seeing it happen, but we're also seeing some, you know, some stories play out on key teams that have their franchise quarterbacks or do they? Yeah, no, we are, man. We're seeing a lot of of moving and shaking across the landscape of the NFL. A lot of veterans that could still play are being released, trying to get salary cap relief. And I think a lot of teams, we talked about it before, a lot of teams have an ability to get rich with some older vets that could still play and help them lead their team to, uh, you know, to the playoffs and maybe they make a deep run because teams are trying to get on the salary cap like New Orleans, man. They're cutting guys left and right. You know, there's a lot of uh, cuts going on. And then, of course, there's always the, the forever going quarterback carousel that really hasn't been as active as we all kind of anticipated it to be at one point. But there's still a couple of big names out there floating around. And uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are still one of them and still looks like they're kind of digging their heels in the sand. Is Deshaun going to play for them? Is the, uh, is the Houston Texans, are they going to admit that they uh, made a mistake and then go ahead and trade them? What's going to happen? I know David Culley, the new head coach of the Texans, he met with the media on Thursday, and, well, I don't think it went too well, man. As a matter of fact, he was asked. He was peppered, Chris. He was peppered with questions about Deshaun Watson, as, as he should. Yeah. This is what he had to say just to one of the reporters that asked about if Deshaun Watson was committed to the Texans. Hey, Coach Culley, you've said repeatedly the team is committed to uh, Deshaun Watson. Is he committed to you and the team? Yes, he is. How do you know that? Well, he's a Houston Texan, and 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 again, uh, I, I I know that I feel like that with the commitment that we've made to him, and and I feel like that that same commitment will be there uh, with us also moving forward. So there you go. Yeah, he's committed to the Texans because he's a Houston Texan, and they're committed to him because they're committed to him. I'm sorry, man, and, and I could talk about Deshaun Watson all show long if I wanted to. I feel like this is now more about David Culley, and he's being set up basically for failure, man. He's he's basically being trotted out there, stand in front of the media, stand in front of the cameras, and, well, do the best you can, but you're really a fish out of water and you don't stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, he went from an unlikely position to be a head coach. Now he is a head coach, and, you know, it sounds like a great opportunity, but I mean, he's dead in the water. You know, it's not even a it's not even a situation where Houston has all these other pieces to build around. If Deshaun Watson is giving his walking papers and they they get the trade, and they get the, this team is a huge reclamation project, and the only hope that it had of being a reclamation project that figures itself out within a few years is that Deshaun Watson stays on board and he doesn't want any parts of this organization. And it's going to be interesting, Q, to see how far who who blinks first in this scenario because. I could see Deshaun Watson, you know, looking at this and being like, man, if I, you know, passing up on this time uh, on the money that this year has, but you know, does he want to spend the next four years on this organization? There's a lot of questions that to be had there. And if the, if you're the Texas, you just paid him all that money. 
you're not getting out of it that easily. You know, you got you got to kind of play hardball as well. But it's just an impossible situation for a coach who has nothing to do with this situation either way. He's just getting here. Deshaun already said he wanted Eric Bieniemy. They didn't even they didn't even try to make that happen until after the fact. And it's just it, it seems like he has, like you said, David Coley. He's been set up to fail. Like this is this isn't going to go anywhere for Houston. And you know, and, and then anything that happens is going to get blamed on him, and that's going to go against him against his reputation. I, I kind of just have to hope that it doesn't go that way that people kind of recognize like, look, you were dealt not just a losing hand, the losing hand of the NFL. And that ain't your fault. No, it's really not. He did not set up this situation. He did not dig this big ditch that the Houston Texans are in right now, but he did want a head coaching job. And so he took this. And I mean, I, I do, I feel terrible for him. And as the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, I feel like this is back in the day when Dennis Allen, who's now the defensive coordinator in New mm. Orleans, when he was hired by Reggie McKenzie as the Raiders head coach, it was like they knew he was going to fail. They, the team was going to stink. They were going to tear the team down and then they were going to try to build it back up. And he was going to be the placeholder while they did that. You know what I mean? Like he never yep. stood a chance. He didn't have a chance to be successful. And I feel like this is where David Culley finds himself. And what's worse, Chris, it's not even just about tearing the team down and building it back up. I really feel like they brought him in to try to be the olive branch. Like, hey, Deshaun Watson, and I hate to take it there, but Deshaun Watson, he wants, you know, the culture to change in Houston. He wants Eric Bieniemy, like you mentioned. Well, we can't get Bieniemy. Well, let's bring in another black guy. We're going to bring in David Culley. He's respected across the league, and he is. He's well-respected. He's been mm-hmm. in the league for many, many years. No head coaching experience. Maybe he'll have that OG ability. And what I mean by that is the OG in the barbershop that says hey young blood just sit down and listen to me and out of respect you do it because that's how we're raised you know i mean that's yeah you, you look up to the og and we have to sit there and listen to him and hear what he has to say so i feel like they brought him in thinking he was the og at the barbershop that was going to be able to talk to deshaun watson and tell him hey young blood it's going to be okay just go ahead and play for us and we'll be fine and deshaun watson was going to say okay og i got you well it's 2021. Deshaun Watson is a millionaire and he's not happy with the organization. And I think he's smart enough to realize that this is more of uh, if they're trying to tr- trying to put a peace offering out there instead of really get to some uh, resolutions. I think that's a brilliant take by you in that this is this was a this is a sad attempt to try and fix, you know, this is a bandaid over a gaping yes. wound. Like yes. this is this is something that's going to take a lot of work to fix. And you know, a part of it is, you know, it's it's kind of what they say, like when you go into, you know, an alcohol economics anonymous program, you know, admitting that there's a problem is the first stage of their of, of getting past your problem. And yeah. that's what the Texans have to do and come to terms. You have to bridge this this relationship at some point, whether it's you're moving on from him and you get a whole bunch of draft picks that help your future, even though you're taking a huge cap hit or you find a way to get through to Deshaun like, look. We understand that our ways are wrong. We understand that we've messed these things up. We are doing these wholesale changes, not just at coach, but at GM, but at team president. Do whatever we got to do to show, listen, Deshaun, stay here. You are worth it. We believe in you, and we're putting this faith in you. And then maybe he says, well, if they're willing to change up the entirety of the organization for me, that speaks to me that this team is taking me seriously and maybe that snaps them around. But then again, Deshaun may be like, I don't care what you say, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And that's, that could be, I, I totally feel that, you know, I, I get it. It's like, you know what I just, and Deshaun Watson on the last game of the season, when he's walking off the field and he's apologizing to JJ Watt, he's probably thinking the whole time, 
I don't want to end up like J.J. Watt, be a three times player of the year, and then absolutely, I never get to a conference championship game because this franchise can't manage anything. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's a real crazy uh, situation there in Houston. You know, they had an opportunity to be really good. He's clearly a franchise quarterback. He can make a lot of teams across the, the landscape of the NFL really, really good. If the Texans wanted to really clean this thing up immediately, and this is and it's too late now. This is what I think everything they're doing. And I think Deshaun Watson realizes it now. They're trying to clean it up. You know, you've already dug yourself such a ditch. Now you're trying to, to fill it in. You're trying to fill it in and try to save face. They should have just fired Jack Easterby a long time ago, who is the guy that everybody had a problem with. And I bet you Deshaun Watson would have been a lot happier. Easterby was there. He's still there. And that's who Andre Johnson called out. That's who DeAndre Hopkins called out. That's who many people who've uh, been on the organization or in the organization. Dwayne Brown is now in Seattle. Uh, uh, Not Nuke. I already said Nuke. Um, uh, Adrian uh, Arian Foster. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, Adrian, whatever his name was, the running back. Yeah, uh, Aaron he was, got it. Yeah, he was uh he called him out. I mean, everyone is calling out Easterby. So clearly there's a problem with, I don't know, Easterby. So they should have probably gone ahead and cut that off at the head. And now they're trying to cut it off at the tail. Unfortunately, it's not gonna work. And so Deshaun Watson, his days in Houston are gonna be numbered. The question is, how long is it gonna take before they actually make the move? Because it's coming. Look, anytime two players of the caliber and not not just one, but two players of the caliber of Andre Johnson and Deandre Hopkins say that this guy got to go in your organization. And in the history of the Houston Texans, the short history, because we acknowledge that it is short. There may be of their top five players in the four in the top four of those top five are JJ Watt, Deshaun Watson, Andre Johnson and Deandre Hopkins. Like, it's and if two if two of those guys if two of those guys are, are speaking out against it, Deshaun Watson is revolting against it. JJ Watt said, Cut me. That should say something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It shows you the organization is a dumpster fire right now. It's crazy, man. I talked to John McClain on Thursday. He uh, he's from the Houston Chronicle and he yes. covers the Texans like a glove. And he told me straight up, the Texans are gonna be bad for two or three years. Straight up. Yeah, so the team is this year is not even gonna matter. They're gonna stink this year, they're gonna stink next year. So you, if you know that, and you're Deshaun Watson, why do you want to be at the be there? And then if you're David Culley, how does that make you feel when you realize that your team's going to stink and you know that they're going to stink for at least the next two years? And we know the NFL is a win-now league. So what's he going to do in two years? You think they're going to say, all right, we, we, we sucked for the last two years. Let's keep Culley around. He's going to be the first things out of, out of there, man. They're going to kick him out, put him on the first train smoking to wherever he has to go. I agree entirely. There's a lot of things that have to happen with these Houston Texans. And I got to tell you, you know, when it comes to putting my money on something, I'm going to have to put my money on Deshaun Watson finding a way to get out of there. I have to think that he's he's just had it. He's 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 made up. He's made his point clear. He's like, I don't want any part of this organization. And I'd see him leaving long before I see these wholesale changes, like we said, that have to happen with the Texans. But if there's anywhere to put your money on. It's betonline.ag. We'll tell you about that. And then we'll be right back talking about some other free agency moves right after this. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. 
Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also, don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-20, all capital letters and all one word. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to Locked On NFL on this Friday, March 12th, 2021. Chris Carter, he's the host of Locked On Steelers. Your boy Ooh. Q, I'm the host of Locked On Raiders. Uh, talked all things Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson in segment number one. Now it's time to talk about another team that makes a lot of noise across the NFL, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. On Thursday, they cut not one of their tackles, but two of their tackles. And Chris, both guys were uh, no-shows for the Super Bowl. Uh, Eric Fisher, their starting left tackle, he had been drafted by them in 2013. He had blown out his Achilles in the championship game, so he was out. They uh, re- released him. They moved on from him. And then Mitchell Swartz, the right tackle, he was out for the Super Bowl. He had a back injury that he had a surgery on throughout the season. He was trying to battle his way back, was hoping he was going to be playing with Kansas City in 2021. He's gone. So now they have two mega holes. And, well, you saw that they had mega holes holes in the Super Bowl. They had no way of protecting Patrick Mahomes. Now that's got to be priority A and priority 1B or whatever. 1A and 1B is protect Mahomes. Get some bookends. How do they do that? Do they go about free agency? We know that the uh, legal tampering period starts next week. Or do they dip into a draft that's pretty deep in, uh, in tackles? I mean, this is the draft to go after an offensive tackle, even if you have late first and second round picks like the Chiefs do. Uh, but this is this this is a tough thing to go through. You know, Eric Fisher being a first overall pick. Yes, he's not the the kind of caliber first overall pick that you expect. You know, to be the complete franchise changer. But he was still a very good offensive tackle that fit what you needed. Mitchell Schwartz, another guy that you that you really appreciated, and you saw what their absences did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl when they just they couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes for anything against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That being said, they can go get those guys in the draft, but Q, they still got work to do on their salary cap. They are still $4.3 million over the salary cap, according to spotrack.com. Even with cutting those salaries off their roster right now, they still got other moves they need to make. Uh, maybe they restructure Patrick Mahomes' deal a little bit more. Maybe they start looking in other places. But for me, man, there's so much on the line right now for the Chiefs. Like you and I were talking about, I think last week or two weeks ago on this very on this very show, saying that this team has a has a limited window of how far they can actually go and how long they will be supremely competitive. Because Patrick Mahomes is here forever, but right. not the talent that's around him. And 
when you give up the main protectors of Patrick Mahomes, and if you can't fill those guys out quickly, that's going to close your window because now he's going to be running for his life every single week. I mean, Q, it's going to sound like Stewie from Family Guy when he played football and nobody blocked for him. All right, and nobody's blocking. Yeah, and the thing about it is, I mean, the draft is really deep on tackles. I, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, very familiar with that. I've been studying it as we're less than 50 days away from the NFL draft. But, I mean, do you really want two rookies protecting your franchise quarterback? You know what I mean? Like, that's a big risk that you're taking. Plus, by the way, you're picking in the back end of the draft, so you have a lot of uh, guys already off the board. And so you really got some fringe second-round guys that – you know, maybe they're kind of forced into action early. It's really going to be a tough call, man. Maybe they have to make a maybe they have to make a call. Maybe they have to call Baltimore and try to trade with Orlando Brown or, you know, because he's a guy that they are actually allowing to leave Baltimore by way of trade because he does not want to be a right tackle. He wants to be a left tackle. If I'm Kansas City and I have the four hundred million dollar man behind me, whatever, however much his contract is, I may want a guy that I have a little bit more faith in that I know has some some NFL games under his belt and has proven himself than just a guy a new booty fresh out of college that's saying oh yeah I'm a hot shot guy and come in there and make it happen you're protecting my guy and Patrick Mahomes I don't know if I want that rookie doing that so you know they may have some decisions that they may have to give up some draft capital to make sure they take care of Patrick Mahomes and then you brought up a good point about restructuring them his contract his cap hit's not even big right now it's not even that large and if they have to restructure him now which it looks like they're going to what are they going to have to do 2 3 years down the line when it's actually a large cap hit it's funny you call you call the rookie a new booty i mean get it together bring it back to me they need somebody to come back to this offensive line this is going to be ridiculous if they don't have someone to protect him the only thing i'd say about the Orlando brown thing is if they whatever they trade to baltimore baltimore knows they hold the chips there they're like you know what we don't have to give up this guy we can keep him on our roster um so whoever go, comes and gets him, we want a hall of draft picks here, you know. Yep. And but that but that puts the Chiefs in a tough position because with their cap restraints now to build for this next few years that are going to try to keep them competitive with Patrick Mahomes and competitive in the sense that they're going to be a Super Bowl, you know, favorite or you know one of the top four teams that you're thinking can get there. Um, if you start giving up those draft picks, you're giving up the chance for getting those young building blocks who will be cheap in those years to, to take you there. But like you said, also banking on rookies would be tough to do. Now, like you said, this is a deep draft class for, for offensive tackle. And I foresee the first, honestly, it could be as many as six guys off the board in the first round. Penny Sewell's gone in the top five. Yeah. Christian Darrisaw's gone in the top 10. Rashawn yeah. Slater might be gone in the top 10. Um, I see Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, both being gone in the first round. Samuel Cosby is my push. I'm not so sure if he's a first-round guy, but you could see him or Dylan Raidens go go there as well. There could be six or seven guys gone by the time that they pick at, at 31. That's a lot. And then if you get to 31, you're then starting to look at those second-round guys like, do we really want to spend this pick on Liam Eisenberg? Do we really want to spend this pick on Jackson Carmen or Alex Leatherwood or Walker Little? Um, and and again, though, you know, those guys are good and as a, as a guy who covers the Steelers, we all we do is talk about offensive tackle because we're talking yeah. about who the Steelers might have to draft there. And at 24, maybe they get one of those Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Mayfield, Samuel Cosby. But, you know, when you're in the Chiefs position, you're not sure if those guys fall to you. There's a lot more questions to be had. And then if you're getting a second-round guy, maybe he's a starter, but you're not in the position where you got all these veterans scampered across your line because one of those key veterans that was holding everything together – 
was Eric Fisher and then Mitchell Schwartz on the other side being a key piece. Um, to me, this is a huge red flag. This is a sign that, you know, something needs to happen and maybe they go and they make a crazy trade. And they get Brown off of the Ravens. But then the thing is, if you get Brown then you got to worry about paying him soon. And yeah, there's just, there's so many things that are, that, that are going wrong, but this is part of the struggle. This, this is why we say when you're in the NFL, if you have the team, you got to strike while the iron is hot, because if you don't, you run into these type of questions very quickly. Yeah, I mean, the window, you know, we talk about the window. We talked about it, like you mentioned, a few weeks ago. The window closes quick, fast, and in a hurry. You could be sitting on top of the hill one day, and next day you know, you're looking up, and the hill is on top of you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and so that's that's the big problem right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they have the main trigger man. They got Patrick Mahomes. We know that he's the, the constant, constant. We get it. They got Andy Reid, great head coach. They have some nice pieces. But as they showed in the Super Bowl, if you cannot protect that quarterback, it really doesn't matter. And, oh, by the way, you got to also uh, make sure you improve that defense as well. So the money runs out at some point, and you've got to make a decision. And when you say, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot, that's why I'm saying they should probably make a move for Orlando Brown because that window could close at any moment. So at least, yeah, you're going to have to pay him at some point because he's only going into the last year of his deal. He wants a contract extension. No doubt he's going to be one of the highest paid guys in the league. I get it. You're going to have to sacrifice something. And again, I'm protecting my quarterback. That's the, that's the first and foremost, what you got to do. The draft ain't guaranteed that you're going to get a guy that's going to be solid. I mean, it took Eric Fisher, who just got, who got cut. He was drafted in 2013. He wasn't even solid for Kansas City at first. You know what I mean? Like, it took him a while to even uh, understand that position and learn that position. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a struggle if they can't figure out how to protect Patrick Mahomes. They need to get those bookends. If you go out and make a move for a guy like Brown and then you hope that you hit in the draft and then you say, okay, let's try to run it back again. And then, well, just worry about the, the rest later because you, you, you have a, a small, small window, regardless of how great a team uh, people think that they're going to be. They started giving that D word, that dynasty word early, and it was way too early as far as I'm concerned. And now here you are, one year removed, or not even one year, a few months removed from losing the Super Bowl, and now they're on the outside looking in. You mentioned being number 24, you know, having the Steelers uh, looking at, at tackles. They might draft one at, at 24. Hell, the Raiders just got rid of their big right tackle, just traded him to the Patriots. Trent Brown, he's back to the Patriots. They might be drafting, you know, Darisol's the guy that they're looking at from Virginia Tech. You mentioned him. He could be a guy gone at 17 if he's still on the board. And, and like you mentioned, he's probably gone before that. So yep. the, the guys that you feel are real deal hitters will probably be gone early, you know, in the, in the top 20, just because protecting the quarterback is what you have to do. I agree. It, it has to be your priority, especially when your quarterback is named Patrick Mahomes. You right. need when you got that franchise guy. It'd be different if he wasn't the linchpin to your team. Like you know, if you had Kirk Cousins, but you were living off of different parts of your team, that's a different story. But the Chiefs are they go as far as Patrick Mahomes takes them, and we saw that in the Super Bowl with when he had to deal with a whole bunch of pressure. It wasn't the same offense. It wasn't they did they didn't have the same tools available to them. Um, I just, I look at that and I see, man, you got a lot of things to answer for really soon. And, and, and you know what, may, maybe you're right. Maybe Orlando Brown is the answer. He's only a $3.3 million cap hit if they've traded for him right now, um, according to the, the metrics. But I just, I, again, this is the rough spot they found themselves in. Yep. And, and on top of that, you know, they got, they got that young running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire that they drafted, you know, if your offensive lines in shambles, 
and you're keeping him from being able to maximize. Now you're double compromising the offense and you're, you don't have the defense. Like that, like when I cover the Steelers, they have a defense that they can say, you know what, if the offense stinks on this day, this defense can go out and compete and make this, make this, make this a good game. And the chiefs, they don't got that defense. They got a defense that wins situationally, but if they're not backed up by a power, a super powered offense against a very good team, they're in a lot of trouble that's where I think you know, you're right, Hugh. They got to find answers and find answers soon at the, at the offensive line. Exactly. So it's going to be, man, it's going to be a real big test for the Kansas City Chiefs. How do they keep the party rolling? We know that they have talent. That's no doubt about it. We know that they have skill, but you've got to be able to protect the skill. The trenches are where games are won. They're won in the trenches offensively and defensively. And right now in the trenches offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's very suspect. Your starting tackles are out. Your backup tackles you just saw in the Super Bowl, and they got waxed. <laughs> they got waxed. So it's not the next man up mentality. If the next man, and I hate that mentality anyway, by the way, if it was the next man, he would be the man. You know what I mean? He's the next man for a reason. If he was that good, he would be the man, and the next man would be sitting behind him. Instead, hey. he's sitting behind someone else. So, yeah, you want the next man up mentality, but there's a reason why he's, well, the next man up and not the first man up. Exactly. It's it's not like like when you when you got when you got your engine going, you got your engine going, you got the best parts in when something goes wrong with your car, you, you gotta go get replacements. You don't want replacements, you want the top line of things. Right. That's where you that, that's what you want to have. And like, but when you need backups, you are admitting these aren't the ones that you wanted in your car in the first place. So right. that's the situation they're going through. Yeah, you know what? And that's actually a great segue right there. Because if you do need some parts for your car, if you do need to get hooked up, well. Go to rockauto.com. We'll tell you about them right now. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. He's your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. Q, free agency's upon us. The, t- the tampering period or the non-tampering is about to be lifted on Monday. Teams are going to be able to start talking to players. There's going to be a lot more things that open up before free agency officially opens up on Wednesday. There's a lot of strategies and stratagems that are about to get used in the next couple of, uh, next couple of days because teams have got everyone's got holes to fill and everyone also there's a lot of teams out there that are making the, we just talked about how the chiefs just cut their offensive tackles there's other teams out there that are making moves and trying to and cutting off people that because they need to clear up cap space to get the guys that they need right now with the limited cap space that's out there we know it's 182.5 million that was set earlier this week so teams know what they're working with but man you know what we saw start to shake out the tune of how things change and you know, can change so quickly in, in NFL free agency. You know, going into this week, we were all talking about how 
you know, the wide receiver position. It's going to, you got a lot to pick from. You got Chris Godwin, you got Allen Robinson, not no more. Both of them get franchise tagged. And now that bumps up the value of a Kenny Galladay, a Will Fuller, a Juju Smith-Schuster, all three of those guys. They were three of the top five receivers, but now they're the top three receivers that you get. And now it begs the question, do these guys get mega paydays from teams that absolutely need wide receivers right now? Or do they get temporary paydays because teams like we can't spend right now. We'll get you next time around when next year, when the salary cap opens back up. You know, that's a great question. And I think that it's going to be the latter. I think we're going to see a lot of guys get temporary paydays. And I know that they don't like that because, well, I mean, it's not a whole lot of security and everyone wants that guaranteed money. But at the same time, it's probably the best idea for them and the organization because the organizations just can't go and splurge and give them super duper money because they don't have the super duper money. A few teams do. Don't get me wrong. Few teams do. Jacksonville has a boatload of money. There's teams out there that can spend it if they want to. I just don't think a lot of teams are going to really go out of their way to spend a ton of money. But a guy like Juju, I think that, you know, and I know a lot of uh you know from hearing from the Steelers and you probably know better than I do I think they want him back they just have to try to see if they can fit him in under under the the cap but I think he's elevated to number one because you look at Galladay from from uh Detroit he only played in five games in 2020 you know so do you trust giving him a boatload of money and then Will Fuller he's been banged up his whole career you know do you trust giving him a boatload of money or do you say hey we'll give you a one-year deal like Nelson Aguilar took from the Raiders in in 2020. He took a one-year deal, very minimum, and now he's about to hit the free agent market. And I'm even saying, like, "Eh, he had a really good year. I still wouldn't give him a lot of money. I might hit him with a one-year, two-year deal and say, hey, that's okay. I think that that's going to be the landscape of the league. I really do. I know some guys, some big-time players will get some big-time deals. I really think that you're going to see some – one, two, three-year deals, or you're going to see like a four-year deal with two voidable years. I think that's what we're in for. We're about to see a lot of one- to two-year deals done by veterans that still could play. We've talked about this before. They can still help you win games, but just aren't going to get that mega five-year deal, $50 million, or what, what we're used to seeing when the tampering period opens up, which it opens up on Monday. And the other thing to factor in here at that wide receiver position is some of those names, some of those guys that are those top receivers that might get paid this year, even the lower guys, Keelan Cole, he's 27 years old. Nelson Aguilar, he'll be 28 years old when the, yep. when the season starts. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he's, he'll be 25 when the season starts. You know, T.Y. Hilton, 31. Uh, Corey Davis, 26. Will Fuller, he'll be 27 when the, when the season starts. You know, Kenny Galladay, he'll be 27. When the season. Juju Smith-Schuster, will be 24 years old at the kickoff of next season. He is going he is still so young in this league and that's the position he finds himself in. He's like, "You know what? This doesn't have to be my major payday this year because I'll be 25 when I when I when I if I sign a contract next year and if I go for a, a good con- a, a contract that's cheap somewhere that I can put up a lot of really good numbers and show what I what I can do best, maybe he sees that that as his best answer." Now, that is I got to tell you, Q, as a guy that has to talk about Juju every single day because I cover <laughs> the Steelers, I got to talk about him all the time. And I, it's not against Juju. I Juju's one, actually one of the nicest guys to me when I interview him. He, he's been hard on some people in Pittsburgh media, but whenever I've asked him for questions, he's always been nice. He's always talked about me or he talk, talked with me and answered my questions straightforward and helped me with, with the things I got to write. So I, I wish Juju the best, but he's in a position where he can he can say right now, you know what? Let me, you know, uh, the the argument for the only argument that could work for him to stay in Pittsburgh is if, hey, 
I'm going to take this temporary deal that doesn't pay me a whole lot of money right now because I know in 2022, when the salary cap opens back up and it's probably going over 200 million, maybe even well, well, very much higher than that. If all that happens, I know that's my payday. And maybe my best chance at a big payday is having an explosive year with Ben Roethlisberger and a more balanced offense the Steelers are talking about, you know, maybe going farther with the Steelers, playing with a quarterback that I do know. And then next year, I'm still 25 years old. I'd still be one of the youngest receivers to hit the, hit the free agency market. And then I'll be an even higher get because there'll be more money to spend on me. So how that plays into the rest of the field, I still think there's a lot of those guys that are looking at this, you know, like like I, I brought up a Curtis Samuel, who's a really athletic guy. You know, he's he's only a little bit older than than Juju. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that Corey Davis is another guy. He's 26 years old. He's another guy. Do you look at maybe you know what? Hey, I'm a big play guy. I'm a, I'm a I'm a guy who can go get the ball, and you know, I'm a former fifth overall pick. Uh, yeah, I, I can go get better money next year. There could be a lot of people that make those type of moves this year because their agents saying, you know what, this, this ain't the year to go get your bag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's the way it should be labeled this year. This is not the year to go get your bag. Simple as that. I mean, you're absolutely right. And some of these young guys have that opportunity to kind of double dip, go and get a one to two year deal. And then, you know, double dip next year and, and, and go and get it again, you know, have put up some big time numbers and uh, hope that the the salary cap is a lot more, uh, you know, is a lot higher than it is this year. But uh, there's other guys, man. I mean, just even looking at other positions that I have so many questions about and guys that are still young, you know, even looking at, you know, the defensive side of the ball, like unique and Gakwe. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about him trying to get paid for about three years now. It's, it's been that, you know what I mean? And he still doesn't have that opportunity. He gets traded from Jacksonville to Minnesota, gets traded from Minnesota to Baltimore. Now he finds himself as a free agent in a COVID year. You know what I mean? So it's like, can, can he ever get paid? And, <laughs> He didn't really have the the big time breakout year that he was hoping to, but he's still good at getting to the quarterback, but he's not great against the run. So a guy like him, I feel like he's going to end up being a a pretty good deal or a bargain where he was thinking and hoping that he was going to get a huge deal and hoping he was going to get, you know, 17, 18 million dollars a year, like the, the top edge rushers in the league. I don't see that happening. I, I see someone saying, yeah, but you, you have some warts. So you're 26 years old almost. Um, yeah. Well, we'll give you a one to two year deal. Oh, you don't like that? Okay, fine. We'll just go with someone else. You know, and that's kind of where I think where a lot of these guys are going to be. In. And that's why I keep going back to you're going to see a lot of shorter deals and guys hoping that they can capitalize later. But a guy like Ngakwe, who's who's like I said, 26 and been trying to get paid forever, uh, he he may be in a real tough situation where that big bag just might not come anytime soon. Yeah, and that's the tough part about this. Because then the other thing that you worry about, because it's not it's not so easy also to say, hey, I'm just going to take this one-year deal. Because right. these guys are considering, what if this is the year I get hurt? What yep. if this is the year I tear an ACL and then my my chance at that is, is messed up next year and then I never get the chance to sign big? Right. So some of these guys might see this as the opportunity. You know what? I'm going to get paid now. And that's why I think Juju might be in a different spot because Allen Robinson and you had – um. Oh, it's, it's it's slipping my mind right now. Uh, Chris Godwin, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but the two of them, they were they were the to me the undisputed number one receivers of this of this free agency period. They've both been franchise tagged, and now you know most likely next year they're probably coming back around. He may see this as a chance. You know what? This is the time. Let me go get paid and do that. And there might be guys at several positions who feel that way because they're saying like, hey, you know what? 
this is this is my time. I'm tired of living, you know, I'm I'm tired of living this life where I'm getting, you know, three million dollars, four million dollar contracts. Let me sign my big contract now so I know I'm getting paid for the next few years. Um, and, and that's something to have to cons- to have to consider, you know, you know, as far as with you, with the rest of your career. Uh, and with that tampering period, you know, open it up. It, it'll be interesting to see what kind of strategies teams play to one get their guys, but also try to mess with other teams' guys. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm glad you said the tampering period because it made a big a big light bulb in my head go off. Oh. I hate the tampering period. I hate the legal tampering period. None of that even sounds right. Legally, legal tampering, like none of that even sounds right. Just open up free agency. Why don't free agency open on Monday? Why do you have to legally tamper with it first? I mean, it's you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Are you test driving it? Is this a test drive and then you decide that you're going to buy? Like, I don't get it. You legally tamper, which <laughs> sounds wrong, and then you all of a sudden get the guy to sign. Like, none of it even sounds right. Who, the NFL <laughs> does a great job of creating a monster where they have dates that every one of us looks forward to. And I'm not going to lie. I look forward to it. I can't wait till Monday at three o'clock central time. I know I'll be like, okay, legal tampering's open. As stupid as it sounds, I'm going to be excited, but they do everything. Just like the, 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 the salary cap, it was at 180. They told us that what weeks ago, they said it's going to be the floor is at 180 million. It took them two or three weeks to decide, okay, the, the ceiling is 182.5. So it took you three weeks to tell me that the salary cap was going to go up $2.5 million. You found $2.5 million in three weeks. Like you really had to stretch it out that far. The NFL is so stinking smart. If I could ever get anyone to care about anything I do on the regular, as much as they do, I would be sitting pretty, man. I'd have nothing to worry about. These guys have built in a legal tampering period. That's like, Hey, Hey Q, you can go to the bank and steal for the next 48 hours. And then you have to return the money on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like, are you serious? I can't go stick up a bank for 48 hours and then return the money and it's all good. This is like, hey, if you want to be a bank robber, here's the two days that you could try and then you can go back and say, I'm sorry, I was just kidding. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not legal. It's legal tampering. What's that thing called an oxymoron? It's two negatives, man. Legal tampering. It's nothing legal about tampering. It's like it's like in, uh, if, you, if you watch Boondocks, it's like when uh, – Ed and Remy, Remy, when they when they would rob the banks, but Ed's dad owned the bank, so they could just they could just rob the bank and get away with it because no one was ever going to test them. That, that I, I feel you on that, but but that's also the power of the NFL. Q yeah. they they know what's going to happen long before anyone else does, and they they have us wired. I mean, think about this: we spent an entire year going crazy about the season. Now this year's different because COVID happened, but normally how it works is February stuff's crazy you know the the super bowl happens then when there's a little bit of a lull we talk about what happened we talk about who's the champion then we're talking about the combine then we're talking about free agency then after free agency signs then we're looking at what happened with the combine who's the value and then for the next month or so all we could talk about is the draft the draft the draft the draft the draft the draft draft. and then after the draft happens then we got the top 100 and things like that to hold us over and all this is just buying us time until then we get to the hall of fame ceremony and then we get to preseason then it starts all over again they know what they're doing they know how to suck us in this is why they've become the number one entertainment factor in the united states this is what 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 they do so you're absolutely right this legal tampering period they could call it anything else they're like you know what this sounds cool people are gonna get you know think this is kind of scandalous we're gonna watch this but really all of this is just people saying hey what you think hey what you think hey what if we do this 
that's all this is. It's it's and it's not like it's it's evil, but they make it sound that way. And I, I'm with you. I feel it's like, hey man, just just open up free agency a few days early. You don't need all this. It's not like they're not tampering right now. <laughs> right. Everyone knows it. Right. Everyone, you tell me they man, I'll tell you. Uh what was it? Last no, two years ago when legal tampering opened up, that's when two minutes after it opened up, it was announced that the Raiders were gonna sign Trent Brown to a long-term deal. Two minutes after legal minutes, tampering stopped. So you tell me they came up with that contract in two minutes. Come on, man. They're like, hey, uh, hey Mr. Brown, here's go, here you go. Sign it real quick, sign it real quick. All right, man, out there. Tweet it out now, tweet it out now. <laughs> Hello, Trent Brown, $60 million. Okay, cool. Done. No, I mean, it's already already (laughs) going on. The NFL is so smart. Look, that's the only only league that we even care when the schedule's released. When the schedule gets released, everyone's locked in. It's like, oh, my God, here's the schedule. Okay, my team's going 12-4 and this year. Book it. Done. Book it. I mean, it's like, hey, oh, no, I got to play Patrick Mahomes this year. Exactly. Then, you know, but you're absolutely right because we don't care when the NBA schedule is. We don't no. care what who plays what in baseball or hockey or, a, or anything. Nope. The only other thing is like is like boxing because we know that that's how that's how the fights get set up. But this is it, and, and you're absolutely right. This is why they dominate. It's like it's like uh, uh, it's like uh, um, Adam Sandler. In, in in that crazy movie he was just in, he's like, "This is how I win." You know, this th- this is how they win. They they do- they dominate they dominate the airways. They dominate the video wave. They get everything on, on their plate. But you're right about this tampering period coming up. There's going to be so. And this year, I think, like you said, it's going to be so insane. There's still cuts coming. We yep. you know we we record this, of course, Thursday night going into Friday. Just taking you guys behind the curtain here of how this show is produced. By the time you hear this show Friday, there are probably going to be more cuts, and you're going to be like, why didn't Chris and Q talk about this on the show? Because this is crazier than the Chiefs cutting both offensive tackles that are their protectors for Patrick Mahomes. And we all know this because the NFL, they they know how their content is going to get churned out every single day. Exactly. And don't forget, all weekend long, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. A lot of cuts going to be uh, happening as everyone prepares for Monday's legal tampering period, (laughs) as I do it in air quotes. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I know I make fun of it, but I guarantee you I'll be locked in. I will be locked in. I will be locked on. I won't be missing anything because, well, the NFL, they do it right. And well, they got me. I'm a sucker. I'm there. You're right. And hey, that's what we do. We're locked on so that you can be locked on. So that's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be with us all throughout. Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Radio.com, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. That's where we are. You can also subscribe to anyone on the Locked On Podcast Network in those locations. Q, it is always a joy to do this Friday show with you, my man. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, man, I'm always on Twitter. You can always find me on the cesspool that's called Twitter, man. At your boy Q254. Hit me up. I'm always available. I come in peace. You know what I mean? I don't bear gifts, but I come in peace. I know Twitter gets a little crazy at times, but uh, that's where you can find everything I put out. Locked on bets, locked on Raiders podcast. It's all on my Twitter account, at your boy Q254. You know you can follow me, Chris Carter. I'm the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. 
Also, um, if you want to read my work, I cover the Steelers as well as the University of Pittsburgh's football and basketball teams um, for DKPittsburghSports.com, where you can subscribe to us at any point in time as we cover Pitt, Penn State, Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, all that jazz right there better than anyone anyone else covering in there. And hey, you know, another thing here, if you're looking at some of those Pitt players in the NFL draft, you want to read more about them. I've been writing about them all year long. Come check us out. I give, I'll give you a lot of insights there. But again, subscribe to both of our podcasts. Raiders five stars. Give us a positive comment when you do. It really helps out the show. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, keep your eyes peeled for crazy moves. This show will be back on Monday talking about all the crazy things that happened this weekend.